What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Fan Junkies Radio invites you to sit back, relax, turn the TV volume down, and turn your computer volume up for another edition of Frat House Saturday. Now, here's Frat House Mike himself, Mike McShane. Good Memorial Day weekend, Frat House Saturday to you all, and uh, thank you for allowing me to spend, uh, well, a little bit of time with you here on your holiday weekend. Uh, As for the Next hour or so, we're not going to do anything but uh, just spit some sports. And, uh, well, that's your cue if you have anything on your mind with regard to what's happening in uh, in any sport at all, any team. That's your cue to give us a call in here at 347-237-5373. Anything that you have on your mind, I'd be more than happy to chat with you about. 347-237-5373. Let's take a look at what happened uh, today in sports. I'm going to take you back to 1935. Uh, and on that, on this day in uh, in 35, Babe Ruth hit his 712th, 713th, and 714th home run and then retired at the age of 40. He hit three home runs in his final game. And, uh, of course, that 714th, Home run, well, that set a record, a home run record that would stand for the next 39 years. Did that at the age of 40, and then retired. All righty, well, let's see. Let's get you up to date with what happened last night and what will be happening today, and well, even a little bit of what will be happening tomorrow in uh, live sports. Last night, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was funny because I jokingly put up on our Crowd House Sports uh, Facebook page last night, well, this isn't news. The Pittsburgh Penguins disposed of the Ottawa Senators last night in their second-round series in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. They disposed of them 6-2 to two in that game last night. And at that point, then, the Pittsburgh Penguins had a 4-1 to one, uh, lead in the series, and they now advance uh, on to the third round of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, let's see, and in games this evening that we will be seeing the uh, Boston Bruins uh, we'll be going up against the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, that game is at 5.30. And then you've got the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings at 8 o'clock. Both of those games being carried on NBC. Uh, and so at this point right now, the Bruins lead that series three games to one and could finish it up against the New York Rangers. Uh, that could be a final series uh, if the Rangers don't come back and win a, a must-win game for them. Uh, this evening. Uh, Same is true over with the Blackhawks. Who would have thunk this one? The Chicago Blackhawks are down in that series to the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings are a seven seed uh, going up against the number one Chicago Blackhawks. Best record in the NHL uh, of any team uh, this this past shortened season. Best record, and who would have thunk that the Chicago Blackhawks right now would be down three games to one in that series, and Detroit could finish that one up as well. So there's your NHL updates as uh as we move forward. 
Last night, however, I thought that this was news, and that was that uh, the amazing Indiana Pacers, well, they won game two in their uh, series against the Miami Heat. Uh, and that game was played, well, in Miami, 97-93, to 93, they won that game. I, you just can't speak enough right now to what the Indiana Pacers are doing. That first game, they actually lost it by only one point in overtime. Uh, and, and a lot of the uh, analysts and experts were saying, well, there's no way that Indiana could come back and play with the same kind of intensity that they did in game one. There was no way they could repeat that in game two. Well, they certainly did. Uh, and, and they put it to the heat. And, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of rooting for them. I have a funny feeling a lot of people are as well. And I'll throw that one out there as a topic of conversation. Are we rooting against the Miami Heat simply because, well, let's admit it, folks. A lot of us out there are closet. Well, maybe some of us aren't even closet. LeBron haters. Yeah, that's what it is. We're not rooting really against the Heat. We're rooting against LeBron James. And I'll bet you a lot of us are just rooting against him simply because of one little thing. A TV show. Seriously, that's what it all comes down to. Um, but look at look at what they're what they're up to. I mean, the next two games, you got Game Three and Game Four, uh, will be played in Indiana. And if they keep coming out as they've done in the first two games, and there's no reason to believe, my gosh, if you get home in Indiana, you certainly should have your A game going, I would think. And to be the kind of surprise that they are, you would have to say at this point right now, momentum is certainly in the favor of uh, the uh, Indiana Pacers. I mean, it, it certainly would appear that way at this point. Uh, just checking real quick on that uh, San Antonio game. San Antonio uh, will be playing the uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, this evening, uh, and that game will be at 9 o'clock on ESPN. So there's your other series that is going on in the NBA. All right. Over in Major League Baseball, let's see, games we have, uh, there's only one game that, uh, actually there'll be two games, two games that'll be going on while we're uh, on the air here uh, for, as I said, the next hour or so. Uh, one game should be getting underway uh, just about now, and that's the uh, Baltimore Orioles are uh, taking on the Toronto Blue Jays up in Toronto. Uh, that game is a 107 start, and at 135, you have the uh, Cleveland Indians, the red-hot Cleveland Indians taking on the Boston Red Sox in Boston. Those are your two early games. We've got a 4 o'clock game then later on. Uh, you've got the Colorado Rockies out in San Francisco taking on the Giants. You also have a 2-10 game. I missed that one. 2-10 game. Uh, you got the oh woeful LA Angels uh, taking on the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. Uh, 4-0-8 game. You've got uh, the... Uh, Minnesota Twins taking on the Detroit Tigers. And then uh, 4-10, you've got the Pittsburgh Pirates taking on the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee. The uh, One of the things that uh, has been pointed out this season is just how poor the officiating uh, has been in Major League Baseball. And we have seen so much evidence of it so early on this season you can't even begin to itemize all of the different incidents that we have seen up to this point. Um, and it was interesting because I was reading an article here this morning from a couple of days ago um, 
where former Major League Baseball Commissioner Say Vincent had some comments with regard to officiating and umpiring in Major League Baseball. And Vincent is actually calling for Major League Baseball to take complete control of umpiring. Now, for a lot of folks out there, you might be kind of scratching your head and saying, what are you talking about taking control of it? Don't they already have control of it? Well, no, they don't, in fact. Um, as we know, uh, the umpires are a union of, the, uh, of their own. Um, but aside from that, uh, when you get into the specific understanding of how umpiring is done and where these guys actually learn to do this, there are actual umpire schools, and all of the different umpiring schools are privately owned. They're not under any kind of supervision, regulation from Major League Baseball. And one of the things that Faye Vincent feels very, very strongly about is that all of the umpiring schools should be bought out by Major League Baseball and, in fact, should come under the supervision of the MLB. And I, for one, not even realizing that, thinking, in fact, well, come on, Major League Baseball must have something to do with how the umpires are, well, certainly determined, but also instructed. You know, uh, I mean, there are updates, there are changes in rules and regulations, even minor ones, it seems, almost on a yearly basis. Who's making sure that these guys are in full compliance with all of those rule changes. And one would think, I guess it's got to be these privately owned umpiring schools. Wouldn't it make more sense if, in fact, Major League Baseball had a little more of a say in it? Faye Vincent also said that uh, he feels that uh, the use of technology to improve the accuracy of on-field decisions should continue to be explored with the full involvement of the umpires. Well, let's get it straight. That's just his way of making sure that he's including the union in all of those types of changes that would take place. Additional use of replay should be carefully adopted with careful attention to the risks and further delays to the game. And, of course, that's been one of my big concerns about bringing in extended replay has been, in fact, the game is long as it is. We already know that. Sometimes some of these games are... Just way too long, particularly when you've got a blowout. And the last thing I really want to see is I want to see replay coming in to make games uh, that much longer. And, you know, you've heard the criticism, particularly in light of, and, and I, I, make a, I make quite a, uh, a deal about it in uh, this coming week's five minutes at the Frat House, which you're going to hear, hear shortly in a couple of moments. I make quite a deal about the fact that, well, just the other evening, 21-year-old Mike Trout was awarded uh, a cycle, uh, having hit a single, double, triple, and home run in one game. Uh, but in fact, uh, upon further review and examination, it was obvious that the first base umpire had blown the call on the single. And in fact, Trout should have never been awarded that cycle. Now, a lot of people come back and say, oh, come on, it was a blowout game, it doesn't really matter. Well, look, we can't get selective in our adjudication of rules. It doesn't matter what the circumstances were of the game, whether it's a blowout game or not. And I suppose that those that uh, 
would feel that, well, hey, expansion of replay, if you brought it in on a case like this, what does it really matter? You know, the game was is well in hand anyhow. Just give them the damn cycle. Well, no, I'm 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 a little bit of a more of a purist on that sort of thing. <coughs> Tay Vincent also says minor league umpires uh, as employees of Major League Baseball. Now he's talking about minor league umpires should be offered the opportunity to become members of the same union. I was not aware of the fact that the minor league umpires were of a different union. Uh, should become members of the same union as major league umpires to ensure. All of them are properly represented and protected by federal law. So I think Say Vincent makes some interesting uh, observations and some comments there, and uh, I open it up to anybody that wants to weigh in on uh, his comments, your thoughts about replay in Major League Baseball, your thoughts about some of the officiating we have seen. Is it worse this year than we've seen it in the past? It certainly feels like it. You know, perhaps maybe it's not. Uh, I... You know, I'd have to go back, and I guess we'd have to sit down and do a thorough analysis of uh, blown calls at this point in the season to determine whether it really is any different from, say, last year or the season before or the season before that. Perhaps maybe it's it's negligible. You know, uh, many of us purists often say, well, hey, the human element is something that needs to be in the game anyhow. And so if there's a blown call every once in a while, well, so be it. In fact, I think you'll hear sidekick kind of make uh, a case to that effect when I bring up the situation with Mike Trout in this week's uh, Five Minutes at the Frat House, number 90. So I throw it out to you, 347-237-5373. What's your thinking on the officiating in Major League Baseball, umpires, replay, perhaps bringing the umpiring schools in line with Major League Baseball, as Faye Vincent has suggested really should be the case here? What's your thinking on all of that? Give me a holler. Let me know. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to take a look at real, real quick. Uh, the standings right now in uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, the Yankees right now are continuing to lead up in the East. They're one game in front of the Boston Red Sox. Can you say enough about the New York Yankees? Six and four in their last ten. Who'd have thunk it? There's Toronto down there in the basement. 20 and 28. Playing 417 ball. Uh, all of the acquisitions that Toronto made, I never expected that one. Uh, of course, Boston right now is also uh, quite hot as well, 7-3 and three in their last 10. In the uh, AL Central, the Detroit Tigers right now are up in front of, as I pointed out, the red-hot Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians are 27-20, and 20, Detroit 27-19. and 19. Both teams 6-4 and four in their last 10. Chicago White Sox coming on as well. They're right now in third place in that uh, division. However, they're five games out of first place, but seven and three in their last ten. Over in the AL West, the Texas Rangers continue to sit atop that division. Now five and a half games in front of the Oakland A's, seven and three in their last ten. Oakland also seven and three in their last ten. <coughs> Excuse me, I made reference to the woeful LA Angels, but recently they've been playing somewhat better now, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Over in the National League, the Atlanta Braves, uh, I, I, I mentioned it on, uh, you'll hear it, I mentioned it on this week's Five Minutes at the Frat House. While having gotten cool there for a couple of weeks, have suddenly warmed up again on a six-game winning streak right now, having won six in a row. Uh, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. 
sit atop the AL East, four games in front of the Washington Nationals. Uh, their game last night with the New York Mets was suspended uh, in the ninth inning, and uh, they are expected to be picking that game up uh, when play resumes later this afternoon. That game right now, I believe, is tied 5-5. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the – it is. It is tied 5-5, and it is in the ninth inning, so they'll be picking up play from that point on. In the National League Central, you've got the St. Louis Cardinals leading that division a game and a half in front of the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, well, the West is a little bit crazy. We've got Arizona and Colorado tied at the top with identical 27-21 and 21 records. San Francisco just a game behind them with a 26-22 and 22 record. Uh, and so you've got a very competitive uh, division going on there in the NL West. All righty. Now, uh, one other thing that will be happening uh, tomorrow that's kind of become a uh, Memorial Day uh, tradition, uh, Memorial Day weekend tradition, as it occurs on Sunday. We've got the uh, annual running of the Indian uh, Indianapolis 500 uh, with the Indy cars. And uh, I, I kind of throw that out to you. Is anybody going to be watching the Indianapolis 500. I, I watch a little bit of indie racing. I, I got to be honest. I don't watch a lot of it. I'm not as attached to that one, perhaps, as I am to NASCAR and NHRA drag racing. But there's something uh, kind of uh, traditional, would that be the word, about the Indianapolis 500. There's something kind of traditional about it. And uh, it is neat to sit and watch it. And so I throw it out to you. Uh, coverage on that will be beginning tomorrow on ABC at 12 noon. Will you be tuning in for any of the Indianapolis 500? Or will you just be sitting out on your back deck enjoying your holiday weekend, perhaps flipping a few burgers or turning a couple of steaks? Indianapolis 500, what's your thoughts on that one? Even if you're not a racing fan, do you check it out? How about it? All right, uh, purpose for Frat House Saturdays is to bring you the audio rebroadcast of our weekly production of Five Minutes at the Frat House, which began 90 weeks ago, because this is episode number 90 that you're going to be hearing here. And I say production because uh, you, you're you going to get a chance to hear it, but as I always do, I I really, really recommend that you get over and take a look at the video production, which you can get by going over to YouTube, typing in five minutes at the Frat House, and you'll find all of our productions, or going over to our website, frathousesports.net. And when I say production, I mean production. There's a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of effort that is put into our weekly programs that we put together here. There are graphics that have to be made. There are outlines that have to be put together on what the program format is. Um, Sidekick and I frequently have to put together research and make sure that we know what we're actually discussing, talking about, and, and uh, frequently we, we get into debates over certain things, so we need to make sure that we're bringing our, our, our perspective intelligently and accurately, because that's one thing I insist upon is accuracy in all of our broadcasts and productions. So I'm going to be bringing to you here the audio rebroadcast of this week's Five Minutes to Spread House. Please keep in mind 
that, as I pointed out, there is a lot of time and a lot of effort put into it. So when you get a moment, encourage you to get over to YouTube, get, encourage you to get over to frathouseports.net and take a look at it. I'll stick around with you. I'll come back when the rebroadcast has concluded, which will be a little bit over 30 minutes this week. And I will come back with you back on at that point. I'll take any of your calls or I will discuss anything that might be on your mind. I'm willing to stick around with you here for a little bit as long as you care to participate with me. And so let me bring to you this week's Five Minutes at the Frat House, number 90. Coming at you on the eve of the first uh, summer weekend of uh, the year on this week's Five Minutes with Frat House with Frat House Mike and Sidekick. And you know it's kind of hard to believe that we're Memorial Day. We're at Memorial Day. It seems like yep. we were just seems like we were just warming up for Super Bowl. I mean, really? I mean, it was it, wasn't that just a couple of weeks ago? And here we are already at Memorial Day. And no, we're not warming up for the Super Bowl. Instead, we're now, believe it or not, a quarter of the way through, over a quarter of the way through the baseball season. And the beginning of growing season. True enough. True enough <laughs> on that. Right here from the frat house. And the NBA is in their conference finals. Who'd have thunk this? But as we usually do, let's kick it off this evening with some motorsports. Mm-hmm. And specifically some drag racing uh, as NHRA moved out to the Kansas Nationals last weekend. Excuse me, and mercifully got all their racing in before that bad weather moved across that region. Uh, when the dust settled on Sunday, holy smokes, Johnny Gray had won the Funny Car Division for the second week in a row. Uh, this week, beating John Force Racing's Robert Height in the finals on Sunday. Gray ran his car at 314.9 miles per hour and ran the track at just over four seconds. Yeah, after Height had spun his wheels uh, off the line. Gray amazingly secured his third win of the season, but when you put that all into perspective, it's only his sixth ever in Funny Car in his entire career. Uh, Amazingly. And with those three wins, he's only 10 points over Cruz Pedregon. Absolutely right. We're going to be looking at that. You got it. We're going to be looking at the leaderboard in a moment. You're going to see how that affected. Uh, particularly in the funny car, uh, on the funny car teams. Uh, and there's the leaderboard right there, all right? Over in the top field dragster division, Tony Schumacher extended his lead at the top just uh, just a bit now. He's he's 34 points ahead of Sean Lagnett. Antron Brown now drops back to third. Uh, and as you just pointed out, with that third win of the season, Johnny Gray yep. uh, takes over the leaderboard just 10 points ahead of Cruz Pedregon. I had mentioned last week for the past couple of seasons, these were two divisions, Top Fuel and Funny Car, that we saw were running away with things usually at this time. But no, not this year. This year, it's Pro Stock that's running away with things. Mike Edwards holds on to the top spot, 76 points ahead of Jag Coughlin. But with Jag's win this weekend, though, he gained 50 points. He yes, was, he did. He was, was like 126. Yeah, yep. he was way back there. You're absolutely right. He's... In fact, he gained 50 points is exactly the number, because it was 126 yep. last week. So, you know, it's not it's not completely a no. runaway oh, no. division. No, 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 no. But, Absolutely you know. not. Uh, now, our NHRA drivers, they get uh, Memorial Day weekend off, and yep. uh, we'll be back at it again next weekend out in Englishtown, New Jersey. All right? Now, over in NASCAR, 
we had the Sprint Cup All-Star Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway last Saturday night. And as we mentioned last week, this uh, is a 90-lap exhibition race. It does not count the standings. 90 laps, five segments, 420 laps, and a final 10-lap segment. And for the longest time, it uh, certainly appeared that the big check was going to be cast by one of the Bush brothers. But it was Jimmy Johnson winning a record fourth all-star race. Now, other top five winners in that included uh, Joey uh, Logano, who came in second. Kyle Busch ultimately did come in third. Casey Kane came in fourth. And there's brother Bush, Kurt, uh, coming in fifth. Now, what's interesting about this all-star race is Danica got in on fan vote. Yeah. So, half, basically, the all-star race, you have half the field you have during a normal race. You have 22 right. vehicles. Danica finished 20th out of 22, which really was last place when you consider Mark Martin crashed out and Brad Keselowski lost his transmission on the third lap. So, just great, won. great run there, Danica. Great job. following in her, in her failure. Not to mention her boyfriend almost wrecked her. And uh, yeah, Tony Stewart had to run at the back of the pack to keep oh. the two civil, apparently. Oh, my goodness. I mean, come on now. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring up a lot of controversy. <laughs> you bring up a lot of... There, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the finish on this one. Um, and to me, it's kind of amazing to hear all of the static that there has been about what essentially is an exhibition race, folks. It doesn't count. But there was a lot of controversy about it. Many fans... Uh, I was over on a, on a number of fan forum uh, pages. Uh, like the day after. And even now, you can go out there and you can still find fans that are screaming about this particular race. Fans were expressing a need for a format change. Uh, so we've had, we've had calls for format changes. Yep. There were confusions over the final segment lineup. We saw that even coming from the broadcasters to what was actually happening on the racetrack. Uh, some fans calling for the All-Star Race to be eliminated altogether and to add another point race. Uh, many are claiming that the race was boring and predictable. Uh, some were saying that it was just nothing more than a, than a, than a warm-up for the Coca-Cola 600. What's your read on all of this? What's your read on what we saw on Saturday night, particularly in that, you know, I think they make a good point with regard to the lineup in the final, you know, the, the, that final 10-lap segment. That was a bit confusing. Um, what's your read on, on some of this? Well, on this week's episode of As the Wheel Turns, <laughs> all the drama going on in NASCAR. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't find, I don't necessarily see what everybody's complaining about mm -hmm. with the all-star race. Um, you know, I, I understand, you know, Jimmy Johnson wins. Yeah. And that's kind of been a problem I, I've had with NASCAR. And I don't think there's necessarily anything NASCAR can do about it. Jimmy Johnson's just dominant, and it sometimes it makes for boring races mm -hmm. or boring seasons. When you know, you know, old five time, you know, right. walks away, you know, five years in a, you know, wins championship five years in a row. So you know, I can understand some fans saying it's boring with the format. Um, some things that they've done in the past that they didn't, you know, it used to be at the end of each segment you reversed the field. So okay. the people in the back were in the front, and the people in the front were in the back. Trying to create parity. Well, just to switch things up. Right. Because, you know, if you're constantly in the front, you know, you go in, you go, 
like for instance, the Kurt, uh, the Bush brothers. Right. Let you know, Kurt won segment three, I think, or I'm sorry, Kyle won segment three. Uh, Kurt, I think, won four. Well, Kyle won or, two or, of them, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Kyle won two. Okay, Kyle won two, yeah. And then what happened was they went in the pits for the final one, and you know, through due due to you know stuff that happened in the pits, Jimmy Johnson wound up out front. You know, and like Kurt Busch wound up, you know, back. Clint Boyer wound up back. Right. You know, and that kind of set the final stage. You know, and then there's not a whole lot of passing going on. You know, uh, you know they were saying there's something the cool along you know, here. The cars that had clean air, right, were you know able to just take off. Okay, but what about so, this whole? Was that was that a new rule? And I I look out, you know, I'm going to look out to 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 my folks in the production crew as well. Was that a new rule where they went with the whole? We're going to average things out for the final segment. That was a new rule. That was very very confusing, because by all appearances, it did not look as if Jimmy Johnson should have had the position that he did right. uh, in that final lap. And I think that's where a lot of people, and you know, you might be right, that perhaps maybe some of the fans who have been, I guess, complaining the most the, uh, since the end of this particular exhibition race uh, are those that really just are sick and sore and tired of, of Jimmy Johnson right. winning. And maybe, you know, you know, I was reading one article today where, you know, it's the old conspiracy theory thing that, you know, NASCAR switched things up at the last minute and... Well, that, yeah. that allowed Jimmy Johnson to win the race. I can't stand Jimmy Johnson. I think Jimmy Johnson's bad for the sport. But you'll see me every week in fantasy. He's on my roster. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he, he wins races. Yeah. You know, and when we're in fantasy, it's about winning. And you sometimes you have to throw your, your personal prejudice away right. because you're trying to win a fan, you know. Right. And I think that's kind of where this, you know, where this is. Um you know, when when you take our NASCAR's exhibition and you compare it to any of the other exhibition Thank you very games, much. you know it's still better than any of the Thank other. Thank you ex- very much. You know, the people saying let's do away with it. I'm sorry, it's still a good race. Mm-hmm. It's still a race. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you look at the the NFL All Star. Yeah, that's a freaking yep. joke. You make such a great point, and I got to tell you right now, that's exactly how I responded to the fan for, forum. One of the fan forum yeah. sites that I was responding to, where the, a lot of them were calling for the elimination of the race, and I said, I put it right back on, and I said, I've got to tell you right now, I think, as far as an exhibition goes, this is fabulous entertainment. It is far better than a lot of the other exhibitions that are out there yeah. in any of the other major sports, particularly that horrible, horrible thing called approval. Exactly. And, and I mean, yeah. you know, listen, Major League Baseball does okay with it. I think they do okay. But even right. that's getting a bit dull. Uh, the NBA is horrible. There's no defense. The NHL is horrible. There's no defense. And and then Pro Bowl, forget it. I mean, just take that thing and yeah. put it in the closet and lock it away forever. You know, you know I heard some calls for changing the venue. Uh, I like that, that idea. I that actually might like be that idea. a little bit interesting. I like that idea. I mean, I understand why it's at Charlotte, because it gives the teams over, you know, leading up to Memorial Day holiday, it allows teams to be in one place for two weeks. And gives them a little bit of a reprieve from traveling we, all yeah, over. Yeah, but that's only that's only flaming, fanning the flame of those that are saying, well, it's nothing more than just a warm up for the Coca-Cola Six Lender. Well, right. So, so, but you know, you gotta kind of think about that. You know, they're on the road. You know, 
front, you know. Every week. NASCAR's one of the longest. February to November. Yeah. Yep. You yep. know, so, you know, <coughs> you know, are there things they can do better? Absolutely. Yeah, I like the idea of but, changing the venue, but I think that that might be something they should maybe take a look at. I, I like that idea, but. All right, well, there you have it. I, I, it was an all-star race nonetheless, and frankly, from, from sidekick myself, I think we're both in agreement. Hey, it's it might be a little tweaking, but that's about it. It's a good, it's a good fun thing to watch. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a great product. Yeah, it is. When especially when you throw it up against any of the other absolute, ex- yeah, the all-star games. So right. Yeah. All right. Well, as we just pointed out, teams are all staying in Charlotte uh, from last week to this week, as they're racing again. Again, uh, as as Psychic just pointed out, we're racing there again this weekend. Uh, except this time, it counts, uh, and it's the Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday. Coverage beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. And since the points are counting, that means I kick. All right. So as, as you were pointing out, Mike, uh, it's back to the point race, and this weekend is Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, this week's race is the longest of the season, uh, 600 miles. Right. Uh, so not only are we going to test the driver's endurance, we're going to test the endurance of the vehicles. Right. And that, so don't be surprised when they hit the 500-mile mark when you start seeing some cars break and start having, you know, some catastrophic... Game cars. over, man. It's game exactly. over. Okay. Which can ruin your roster. Um, now, I'm going to take a little bit... We're going to roll the dice a little bit this week. Okay. As, a, as, we, were saying in the pre- as we were saying in the previous segment, Jimmy Johnson, this is the house that Jimmy Johnson built. This guy's been dominant at this track, and everybody is going to try to put Jimmy Johnson on their roster. Okay? I have so a feeling you're not going to. So I'm going to go a li- in a little bit different direction to try to, you know, for all those people putting Johnson in there, if you're trying to catch up to people, you know, let's, let's stay away from Johnson this week and try to go in a different direction to try and gain points and make up on all those people that pick Jimmy Johnson. And hopefully it pans out. Hopefully he doesn't win. So, here's where it gets really interesting. I'm actually going with the mostly uh, uh, Joe Gibbs roster this week. Okay. So, I'm gonna, we're going to start off with uh, Matt Kenseth. He's got three victories so far this year. This guy is hot. Yep. Two of them on mile-and-a-half track, yep. which is similar to what Charlotte Motor Speedway is. He's $28. Uh, then we're going to go with Kyle Busch. Fourth place at Vegas this year, won at Texas, and he finished third here last year in the 600-mile race, 27.50. Denny Hamlin finished second here twice last year and has a uh, five-race top ten streak at Charlotte. He's 26.25. Then we're going to throw another hot streaker in here, David Reagan. One win this season and three top tens on this track, 9.75. Then with the little bit we have left, we're just going to throw a little fluffer in there. We're going to put Landon Castle on our roster, 625. Rounds out the roster at 9775. Bold. Yep, bold moves. But sometimes you have to make bold moves. I will be taking all of this into account on Sunday morning as I sit there making my final picks. Oh, no! But having, I will, yep. some side notes, though. You can look at Jimmy Johnson. You know, he, like right. I said, right. he, 
since they changed the, the, the name from Lowe's back, you know, to Charlotte Motor Speedway, he's kind of cooled off in his performances. But, you, you know, Jimmy Johnson's a good one to look at. And, of course, Kurt Busch. You know, I'm trying to come up with a roster that, you know, fits within the 100 hours. Right. But there's, there's several other names out there you know, that you can throw in there and sub people out. Kurt, Kurt certainly has been running you know, very, very well in the past number you know, of weeks. And he, a Kurt, of Kurt's a good one if you're getting, you know, you want to kind of roll the dice. Yeah. Kurt's not a bad one to throw out there, you know what I mean? Yep. So, just, so, you know, some additional side notes. All right, let's move it on. And yep. uh, as we approach the unofficial start of the summer season, uh, it makes us all kind of think of America's pastime, and that means baseball. And so let's take a look at the uh, a quick look at the division leaders right now. Over in the American League, uh, the New York Yankees continue to lead the AL East, a half game in front of the Boston Red Sox. Yep. Uh, in the Central this week, it's the Cleveland Indians, just a half game in front of the Detroit Tigers. And in the West, the Texas Rangers are five and a half games in front of the Oakland Eights. Yeah, Seattle kind of just fell off the map there. Um, it's still early. I, I keep saying that about her. It's still early. All right. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves have warmed up again, uh, now going 7-3 in their last 10, and are four and a half games now in front of the Washington Nationals, who I heard an interesting report today. The Nationals, actually on my way home here, the Nationals actually have worse numbers than the Philadelphia Phillies in almost uh, every single category. And I was just going to say, the Bills are in third place, only five and a half games out. Yep. So yep. they're they seem to be. Well, it is. Well, it is. They're, they're, they're hanging in there. They're they're, they're going to be. They are what they are. They're going to be a 500 team. But this division just doesn't look like anybody really wants it. So we'll see how it goes as, as we move on. Uh, your St. Louis Cardinals stay in front yep. in the Central, a game and a half in front of the Cincinnati Reds, and in the West, how about uh, uh, a three-way tie? Exactly. I was just going to say. And we'll go to Diamondbacks. I've got them listed, but really it's the D-backs, it's the Rockies, and the Giants, all a three-way tie in the West. And that whole division is within five and a half games. Exactly. The Dodgers are in last place at five and a half games. Right, exactly. So, all right. Interesting. It's time again for Frat House Mike's Screwball Story. All righty, and there you have it. Yes, it is. Let's go take a look at some... Some of it's funny, some of it's, well, we might get into a little conversation on some of it. For folks that have been, uh, have seen or followed uh, Shane Victorito uh, over his career, it's obvious that the Flying Hawaiian is uh, kind of a bit quirky, you know? Like, if you've ever really followed him, you know, he's a strange person. He is, you know, he's a little little odd, yeah. And and sometimes, perhaps, maybe even, you know, well, you, you might be thinking, like, is this guy on something, you know? Well, now we know that he does have an addiction. Victorino frequently shares issues with his addiction with Minnesota Twins pitcher Vance Worley, who he developed a relationship with while they both played for uh, the Phils. Worley uh, apparently suffers from the same addiction, uh, but even Worley admits that Victorino has him beat as the Imelda Marcos of the Major League Baseball with his addiction to shoes. Uh, Worley reported that Victorino recently contacted him via social media, and in a, uh, in, a, in a newspaper article, Worley reported it this way. 
he's having a hard time getting a hold of this one pair that just came out the other day, Whirly said. He's like, I know you got a guy. I'm like, I'm not saying I don't have a guy. What's the importance of this shoe versus any other? He's like, I got to have these. My addiction's getting so bad. Apparently, it's also been reported that Victorino won't even venture a guess as to the extent of his collection. You've got a connection to this. And I've got a connection to this. Actually, one of, one of the, the many studios I train at, uh, the, the head trainer at the studio is actually friends with the guy. The guy. The guy that's The guy that got, actually got Vance Worley into his shoe addiction. Yeah. And, you know, and we, were, we were discussing this actually last week, which is so ironic that you, you bring it up this week. And I was told that the guy who's friends with you know, the head trainer, he says Vance Worley gets shoes every couple days, every couple few days he's ordering a new pair. And the guy makes about $1,000 a month just off Worley ordering shoes. And, and Worley's saying that Victorino's addiction is worse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh, man, can you imagine, honestly? There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. I would say not. Um, the ALS leading uh, Texas Rangers did something the other day uh, that just isn't done anymore. They had a U Darvish, who currently leads the majors in strikeouts, pitch uh, eight complete innings. Now, that's not the unusual part. Uh, the unusual part is they let him throw 130 times in a 10-4 blowout of the Detroit uh, Tigers. In fact, the Rangers actually had racked up with that score by the sixth inning, but the Rangers skip, the skipper uh, trotted uh, Darvish out there for two more additional innings to the eighth. Many fans were questioning the wisdom of that decision in a, in a game that uh, seemed well under control. Uh, I don't know. I think I might as well. I throw it open to you just for conversation for a minute. What's your thinking on pitch counts? 130? That seems... You don't hear a pitcher doing 130 anymore. Right. I don't, you know, I, I, I you know, kind of read up on it a little bit. And, you know, part of what was said was, hey, you know, we were trying to save our bullpen. That's why we kept right. them out. Yeah, you know, we right. kept them out there because they're, they don't have a, you know... They don't have that faith in their relievers. Right. I don't know if they have been used a lot recently or what. Right. And I can understand that. Um, You know, and apparently Hugh Darvish has pitched some high-pitch games. He has. When he was was overseas and what have you. Yes, he did. So, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm kind of in the, you know, it's a whole lot of. But generally, what's your much to do about nothing? I mean, this, this, this kind of rule in the sand kind of thing that oh a hundred a hundred pitches is about where you want to be going, you know, you wanna you don't want to go too much over that. I mean what's your what's your Well if if you got a suspect bullpen and sometimes you, you have to and you're trying to win games and you don't think that you've got you know, even though they had a huge lead, right. if you don't have that faith in your bullpen you think you could wind up losing that game I'm sorry. You you're, you gonna, you're gonna have I'm I'm gonna have my pitcher pitch hundred and thirty pitches. Sorry. Right. I want the win. You know, and hopefully we don't, you know, burn them out. Exactly. So, you know, we don't Strasburg him. Well, let's go over and take a look at another pitcher, and that's uh, Cincinnati Reds closer uh, Aurelis uh, Chapman, arguably one of the best closers in the league this year. Uh, and, in fact, throughout his career, he had never given up two home runs in one inning. 
That wasn't until Sunday when he blew a save against the Philadelphia Phillies and lost 3-2 to two in the ninth inning. Uh, Chapman not only gave up two home runs, but they were back-to-back home runs. Um, here's the interesting part, and I'm not saying it's necessarily connected, but well, a little bit of an interesting sidebar. It was reported the next day that prior to that game, Chapman had consumed 18 Cuban guava and cream cheese pastries. Philly's Spanish-speaking broadcaster, Ricky Ricardo, uh, not the one you're thinking of, different one, uh, was quoted as saying, uh, when I saw him on Sunday morning before the game, he was in the clubhouse. He had just eaten about 18 of them. He couldn't breathe. <laughs> oh, that's one way to win a game, huh? Tuesday uh, evening. Tuesday evening, Los Angeles Angels uh, phenom 21-year-old Mike Trout became the youngest major leaguer to hit for the cycle since Mel Ott did it in 1929. Uh, of course, evidence is showing uh, currently that he uh, did hit uh, a double, triple, and home run. What happened to the simplest of those, the single? Well, according to this picture right here, he was awarded the single, but it clearly shows he was out. Sidekick, what do you make of this one? I mean, replay? No replay? What do we do? How far does replay go? I mean, we're awarding a cycle, which doesn't happen. But maybe what? Once, twice a season, if you're lucky. And this kid, the youngest ever, now goes down in the record books. Do we replay this one? I mean, what do you do here? Nah. Let him have it. That's let the, him have it. That's the current rules of baseball. There's no replay. Okay. Does something like this, where it is so obvious, does this prompt us to say, okay, we got to have replay? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go, go from that it, angle. I'll go I from think that it, it definitely goes into the case, you know, the argument for, hey, we need to institute this. I mean, you would admit he is out. <coughs> yeah. And he should not have gotten the cycle. Right. But it's human error, and that's how baseball is. I understand that. You're absolutely right. That it, and I, I don't want replay on every single play. Oh yeah, <coughs> you know these games. I made it. Yeah, I made the case that you know the games are long enough as it is. So, you know, I don't want to see that either. But we're talking about a record-breaking situation here. I a little bit uh, asterisk. Asterisk, that's what... Yeah, but then... But see, here, here's where... Putting, I'm not, I'm not here, against Mike Trout. Don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, the, the Angels need some sort of bright spot. <laughs> True. Um, you know, but here, here's sort of the problem with this. How do you make a judgment call on whether or not this should be reviewed? Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not... I, I mean, mean, unless someone... Unless someone at I the mean, time says, hey, no, he wasn't, you know, almost like a, a coach's challenge. A manager coming out, right. You know, and saying, you know, but if, you know, if nobody saw, you know, if nobody came to the rest and said, you know, hey. I just can't believe he's standing right there. He can see clearly. Right. But if nobody, if nobody challenges the ref and say, hey, no, he was, you know, he was right. out, then the play would have stood anyway. Yeah. It, so it, it's, it's going to need some work. I think 
you know, there should be at some point there should be some sort of institution of it, but it, it you're that well, we have, have to really we work have it out. in place now what for home runs or at least certain home runs, right? Right. All right, so we have it in place for that, and 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 apparently there has been more and more and more talk and lather building up towards an expansion of that. Bud Selig has said that in fact they're going to be looking at it potentially for institutions shortly. I'm certain it won't be this year, but um, well, I guess we'll see where it goes. I just got a little bit of a problem. Yeah, you know, next time, you know, next thing you know, it's going to be like NASCAR where they're going to have scoring loops yeah, around the bases, well, and you know you'll well, be able to. Okay. You know, you wear a little transponder on your uniform and... Umpire's union isn't going to go for that. You know that. Referee's union, they're never going to go for that. Because that would eliminate their jobs. All right. Uh, Psychic, the NBA, is now in yep. uh, the third round of the playoffs. Give us the update on round ball as uh, we're now into the conference finals. Conference yes, finals. We so are. You, got, you got short duty here tonight. Yes, luckily. All right. In the West, we have the San Antonio Spurs against the Cinderella Memphis Grizzlies, who apparently broke a heel and are down two games to nothing mm-hmm. to the Spurs. With yep. game three coming Saturday night at 9 p.m. and then game, game four. four on Monday at Spurs 9 p.m. Spurs are down two games to zero. Right. Okay. No, no. Spurs are up. Spurs are out. Men- I'm sorry. Okay. The Grizzlies I, I are down. I know you were wrong here. Okay, right. <laughs> Grizzlies are down. Right. And in the East, we've got the Miami Heat. Uh, yuck. And the Indiana Pacers. Miami's up one nothing on Indiana. Mm-hmm. On some last-second LeBron heroics. Yes. Yes. Clutch. <laughs> he came through in the Mr. clutch. Clutch, yes. Yeah. Just remember, his phone still rings one time. That took overtime, by the way, to do that. Yep. And, uh, well, hey, why don't we go right to it? That leads me right to our Frat House Sports Facebook post of the week. Most viewed post was one I actually posted last night following that game, and that game didn't end until late, and it ended up being our number one post. Yep. Uh, in which I, uh, I, I put the uh, post up, and I wrote... Uh, to it, uh, two thoughts on this evening's NBA Eastern Conference Final Game 1 between the Indiana Pacers and Miami Heat. Number one, well, perhaps the Pacers will give them their toughest challenge. Heat won by only one point in overtime. And two, how do the, Le- how do the LeBron James haters, of which admittedly I must be one, respond to the fact he was clutch tonight in that must win, or in, that, in making that win? So, eh. You know, I guess it quieted everybody down for a little bit. Uh, there yeah. There's our, there's our post for uh, our Frat House Sports Facebook page. Keep them coming. Get over there. Give us a like and keep those things coming. All right. Uh, finally, uh, let's pick up the action in the second round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, I can leave now, right? Yes, you may. I'm yes, done, right? You're dismissed. I'm done, so right? the, your, your Your holiday weekend has just begun. Second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll get you up to date with the uh, series taking place over there. Uh, in the West, the number one Chicago Blackhawks are down to, uh, two games to one, surprisingly down two games to one over the number seven uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, while the series between the number five Los Angeles Kings and the number six San Jose Sharks, well, that's all tied up now at two games apiece. In the East, the number one Pittsburgh Penguins, three games to one up now currently over the number seven 
Ottawa Senators. And the series between the number four Boston Bruins and number six New York Rangers is a bit surprising with the Bruins now up 3 nothing, And that game will be actually, they're dropping the puck on that one in about five minutes, believe it or not, for game four. So we'll see how that goes. All right, there's our show for Memorial Day weekend 2013. Can you yep. imagine it? We are here already. Summertime baby. Uh, we'll have to do a show one time where we're actually out to doing a little grilling right here at the yep. Red House. Uh, before we leave, let's uh, run around real quick. Please don't forget uh, to check us out over on Fan Junkies Radio. Jonathan and I, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Blog Talk Radio at 12 noon Eastern Time. And, of course, Frat House Saturdays uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time where we get the rebroadcast. I rebroadcast this very show. Our good buddies uh, Jim and Carl over at CLW83. And Jim's terrific show. You're going to be a guest on that one this week. Uh, the Touch More yeah. Program over his Major League Baseball program. So uh, Sidekick will be making his national debut on that program over at CLW 83. <coughs> and last but not least... Guarantee yeah, there won't be any hockey talk in there. No, there won't be. No, I mean, I'm coming alive, but I'm going in there. I'm yeah, doing that. All right, so make sure also you get over and uh, help us out checking out our our own website, huh? Fradhousesports.net. All right? All right, listen, wish you the very, very best holiday weekend as we embark on summer. It's always everybody's favorite. But before you do any of that, I need you to do one more thing for me, and that's you got to keep us real, you got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. We'll see you next time. The final segment is 10 laps, and we had the strongest cars of the night up front. Jimmy Johnson, with that pit stop, was battling his teammate, Casey Kane, and it's funny that we see Casey Kane and Kyle Busch together on the racetrack again a little later. Yeah, a little bit later, but you know, here's the thing. Early on a t- set of tires, the bottom groove seems to be the better way. Casey is a high kind of guy where he gets up next to the wall, but in 10 laps, you can't make it work in 10 laps, and Jimmy Johnson goes back to the Jimmy Johnson groove here, which ends up some always, it seems like, in victory lane. No one was close to Jimmy Johnson as he comes around to win his fourth All-Star event that leads on the all-time list over the three wins of Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon as Jimmy celebrates once again He just absolutely has this race and this place figured out. Look at Jimmy Johnson ahead of Logano, Kyle Busch, Casey Kane, and Kurt Busch. And you know, Kyle, as we go back through this finishing order, it really doesn't matter. All righty, there you go. And that's uh, this week's five minutes at the frat house, number 90, 90 weeks in a row now on uh, that program. And again, I uh, mentioned to you that if you care to actually see that video, you can get it in two ways. Go over to YouTube, type in five minutes at the frat house. Uh, or head out to our website, fradhouseports.net. Before I get you up to date, let me uh, get to a caller who's been very, very patient and waiting on the line with us here for a little while. And uh, thanks for waiting, and thanks for calling in to Frat House Saturday. What's on your mind? Hey, Mike, what's going on? Psychic, bro. Oh, I thought so, Dave. I thought that was you. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Sorry, I uh, just got out of training, so, you know. Hectic, hectic. Well, I appreciate you uh, calling in on this holiday weekend. That was very good of you. Yeah, I missed the front end, so uh, what good stuff you got? Well, we were uh, chatting. Uh, there, there wasn't actually too, too much today. Uh, just kind of gave the rundown of the things that are happening around, but uh, got into a little bit. <laughs> of course, you and I talked about it on 5 Minutes at Fred House. Got into it a little bit uh, over the whole concept of... of uh, 
replay in baseball because Faye Vincent apparently came out with some comments the other day. Former Major League Baseball Commissioner Faye Vincent came out the other day and was making comments about the absolutely horrific uh, officiating we have seen so far in Major League Baseball this season. And uh, one of his proposals, of which I was unaware of, I don't know if you're aware of it or not either, but apparently all of the umpiring schools are privately owned. They are not in any way supervised or regulated by Major League Baseball. And he feels that that is a big mistake, that in fact Major League Baseball should probably go in, buy up all of those umpiring schools, and in fact should have some say in what uh, what's going on. And uh, it seemed like a, a perhaps maybe one way that we might be able to get some of this officiating under control. See, I'm actually surprised by that. I would have thought that, you know, there would have been some sort of MLB oversight into those schools. You know, because, you you know, as we can see, you know, as you brought up, as we can see this year, there's, you know, a certain amount of, you know, lacking in in uh, professional refer, you know, umpiring, you know, and calls and stuff. And you would think that the MLB would want to be more involved in that process to make sure that the people that are officiating their games are of the highest, you know, standards. So. Right. And one of the things that I pointed out in my conversation here uh, this afternoon early on this program was that, as we well know, there are officiating rule changes, even minor ones perhaps maybe, that don't make it to the newspapers and make it to the uh, broadcasting medias. Things that we don't know about as fans, just minor little things that take place every single year. Who's making sure that those umpires are up to date with those officiating changes that take place all the time? You know, uh, obviously, you know, rules change from one minor league to the major leagues to, you know, some of the other types of minor leagues that are out there. Rules are different in all of the different leagues. How are we, how can we be certain that, in fact, the major league umpires are getting the major league rule changes? And uh, that was one of the questions that I brought up. I think it's very, I think it would be very, very easy for a umpiring school that perhaps maybe would not be up to par or up to snuff with everything that's going on. It would be very easy for them to over uh, to oversight on on perhaps some rule change that took place in an off season. Sure, or even you know leave it with uh, having your private you know umpiring schools, but then have you know if you're going to be a major league baseball umpire, some sort of accreditation process that you have to go through where, you know, uh, MLB puts you through an intensive, you know, rule change. And that, and you should have to get credentialed every year based on, you know, rule changes. You know, right. it, you know before spring training starts, you, you go through your accreditation or, your, you know, your, your coursework or whatever you want to call it. And then, in, you know, once you get to spring training, then you start doing, you know, you start practicing your officiating or possibly maybe do the class, Spring training, you know, you is kind of like a practical, and then at the end of spring training, prior to the start of the regular season, then you go through your your testing or what you know what I mean, where you can, uh, you know, MLB officials can, you know, actually sit there and monitor umpires during spring training to make sure that they're you know picking up on rule changes and stuff. Well, uh, and I think that goes. I think that goes to something that Jim Williams brought up this week right on our Fan Junkies radio program, 
where he indicated he felt that perhaps maybe there needed to be some sort of uh, uh, merit recognition for umpires. Uh, of course, I kind of discounted it a bit, only because, as we know, Major League Baseball, uh, the umpires have their own union. And when you start getting right. into issues uh, regarding merit, but you're kind of suggesting something similar from the standpoint that you have to be reaccredited. Um, you know, yeah, I'm not, not not so much a merit like you know, you know, you get a little bump, you know, a little bump here and there when you're you know you're doing well on the job. I'm just suggesting that there be some sort of, you know, M, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, signing off on somebody saying, okay, yeah, you, you know, you've passed our, or, you know, our tests or our, you know, what, you know, whatever process, you know, so we now feel that you're ready to be, you know, you're ready to officiate this season. And if you're not, you know, if they don't think you're ready, you, you don't get your accreditation. I'm sorry, you don't, you know, you don't umpire. Until yeah. you can pass it. And, now, and you know, the, though, and as you say, though, the union that the union is going to frown on that. Oh yeah, like, I, you, know, that's, you, gotta, you know, yeah, I was going to say there has to be some sort of uh, uh, what do you want? You know, give and take between the union and you know Major League Baseball in the interest of the product. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I was just going to say, I mean, it, it, the union is going to be the hang-up. There's, there's no getting around that. That's going to be the hang-up. I mean, make no mistake, a union, what is a union? It's a special interest group. Um, right. And can you imagine, you know, uh, using Jim Williams' uh, example from the other day, can you imagine uh, an umpire with the uh, years of service that uh, somebody like Cowboy Joe West has got all of a sudden, he's not getting reaccredited. <laughs> there would be there would be absolute outrage from the from the from the umpires union. Right. You know, so it it's uh, it, it it it's kind of it does bring up some interesting. You know, everybody's got some interesting different takes on it. Um, everybody's got some good ideas. Say Vincent's idea is good. Your idea is very very good. Um, it's a matter of, as you say, I think getting some leeway between the union and major league baseball that that's where it's right. got to come it's got to come in there and as you point out i think you know the best way to present it is to present it in the best interest interest of the product that is being put on the field exactly you know and i brought up i brought up to uh earlier on uh, you know is the officiating really this as bad as it is this year is it, it the is it the appearance that it's worse than it has been in years past, or you know, it, it, has it been this bad for a while now, and we're just not, you know, perhaps maybe there's more of a light being shined on it this year. It just seems to me that there's been more and more examples, particularly early on in this season. We're only about seven weeks into the season. It seems to me that there have been a lot more glaring uh, mistakes uh, and foibles. <laughs> Uh, made this year than we have seen in years past. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it'd be an interesting. Guess. It'd be an interesting case yeah, study to, to go back. It, it, it's almost like you have to find a way to quantify bad umpiring. That, that's you know, come up with some sort do. of stat or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have to get our saber metrics folks to work on that one since they've got they've got a stat <laughs> for everything else. <laughs> 
All right. Well, Sidekick, I appreciate you calling in today. There you have it, folks. Hey, Sidekick, right there on the line with us, not just uh, on yep. on videotape, but right there live with us. And if you've got any comments with regard to our conversation here that we've had, um, talking about replay again, talking about officiating in Major League Baseball, give me a holler here. I'll hang with you for a couple more minutes. Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. What do you got uh, scheduled for the rest of your day there, Sidekick? More. Uh, more uh, workouts, more... Uh, no, I, I am done my training. I am done my training for the weekend. I can now start my weekend and holiday. So, and looking forward. Be, I got, I, I've got we will, uh, a barbecue tomorrow, and then we've got a frat house barbecue on Monday. Yes, we do. So, you know. There you go. That's right. I was just going to say, we we're going to have you here at the frat house on Monday, Memorial Day for... Yep. A little bit of a cookout and a shindig. You're going to watch that. You're going to check out that Indy 500 tomorrow. That was the other question I threw out to folks. Yeah, I will probably watch it a little bit. Um, you know, I'll probably have it on and kind of peek back and forth. And that, uh, you know, obviously we've got the the Coca-Cola 600 tonight. Uh, we've got you. There's a UFC fight tonight. I'll be watching. So, you know, there's there's. While I'm not training, there's still a ton of stuff going on this weekend, so yeah, the it's not like I get that much rest. The Coca-Cola 600 is uh, tomorrow night. Oh, Ron, tomorrow night. I'm sorry. Yeah, See 6 o'clock I mean? tomorrow. <laughs> 6 o'clock tomorrow night. But, the, you know, I was saying the Indy 500 is one of those races that whether you're really a race car fan or not, whether you're an Indy car fan or not, it's almost a tradition. You really almost have to check out a little bit of it. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, it's a Memorial Day tradition. Whether, you know, like you were saying, whether you're into IndyCar, NASCAR, whatever, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, the Indy was always on. It wasn't like right. we were any kind of, you know, big racing family. It was just, that's Memorial Day. You always put the Indy on. Right. You know? So. All right, my friend. I appreciate you calling in, and we'll see you on Monday yep, right here at the Red House. Yep. Have All a right. good one. Take care, man. All right. Yep. All righty. There you have it. Sidekick on the line with us live. Very nice. Appreciate that call in. And like I said, I can stick around with you here for uh, as long as you care to participate. I got about, uh, we can go for at least another 15 minutes or so if we need to, if you call in. 347-237-5373. If there's something you heard from Sidekick there, something you heard from myself in our conversation, or perhaps something that you heard in this week's 5 Minutes to Fred House number 90. Please uh, do not hesitate to give me a holler. I'll hang with you here uh, for at least a couple more minutes, and uh, we'll see if anybody cares to jump in and give us a uh, give us their thinking on anything at all on your mind with regard to sports. Get you up to date with uh, some Major League Baseball scores right now. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are uh, ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays. That game is up in Toronto. Toronto, uh, the Orioles right now are. Leading that one in the bottom of the third, five to two. In the top of the second, the Cleveland Indians are ahead of the Boston Red Sox, one nothing. And there are our up-to-date scores as they stand at this current moment. As I have pointed out before, we call this Fan Junkies Radio Network, and uh, I've got a big announcement here, which I'm going to be bringing to you. In just a couple of moments, but Fan Junkies Radio Network, which came out of FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site. In fact, it's where sports meets social networking. 
And what is that? Well, real simple, in just a couple of words, it's Facebook made for sports fans. That's what it is. You jump over to there, sign up. It's completely free. won't take you more than just a couple of seconds to sign up and become a member of FanJunkies.net. And uh, there is no cost to it. Uh, and what will, what will you get in return? Well, you're going to get a network of sports fans and only sports fans. We're not talking about anything else. We talk about sports. We talk about baseball, hockey, football, basketball, MMA, wrestling. There's a big wrestling contingent over there. And you can join in groups, groups for your favorite teams, and you can meet up with folks from all over the country. FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Get over there and sign up now, will you? FanJunkies.net. And then, of course, Fan Junkies Radio, uh, which Jonathan Regis and I started at the end of August here. Uh, and it started out simply as our Fan Junkies Radio program. That program uh, airs live on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. And you can catch Jonathan and I here talking all things sports all the time uh, on those particular air dates. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. All right, whatever it is, whatever whatever is the hot stories that day, where you can bet that Jonathan and I are covering those. And that's where Fan Junkies Radio started. But then it began to evolve rather quickly into other programming. And so Tuesdays we have Wrestle Chat with Brett Daniel, Jim Williams, and Jonathan Regis jumps in on that one on occasion. So that's on Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings right here on Fan Junkies uh, Radio Network. And a big announcement here for our buddies uh, John Leary and Scott Balooney up there in Boston, who have been doing Sports Blogger Radio right here on Thursdays on Fan Junkies Radio Network. Uh, big announcement coming for this week. Uh, number one, their show will be airing at 8 p.m. this coming Thursday, as opposed to their normal time, which has been 12 noon. They will be airing 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings. But here's the big, big news. The big news is... For the first time, they will be going live. And so you will be able to call in to John or to Scott right here at the Fan Junkies Radio Network phone number, which is 347-237-5373. Now, these guys, they talk everything Boston sports. So if you're a Boston fan, Patriots fan, Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, whatever it is, these guys, these are the guys you want to be listening to. Because they cover Boston sports like nobody I've heard before. So, uh, and I check them out anyhow. And, I, you know, look, I'm, I make no qualms about it. I'm a Philadelphia guy. You know, I follow my Philadelphia teams. But I follow all the teams. I'm a sports guy. I follow everything. So if you're like me and you want to know what the perspective is of Boston sports fans, these are the guys you want to check out. And if you're a big, big Boston sports fan, well, I don't know what you're waiting for. John and Scott are the guys you need to be listening to at Sports Blogger Radio right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And this coming Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, they're going live. I love it. Congratulations, guys. Listen, I might just have to call you guys up to, well, you know, just to razz you a little bit and uh, give you a hard time. I think I might do that. Uh, And then, of course, uh, right here on Saturdays, uh, I've been doing this since the uh, first week of January. I've been bringing you... Pratt House, Saturday, right here at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, bringing you the latest 
Five minutes at the Frat House rebroadcast, audio rebroadcast. I've been bringing those to you right here every Saturday and taking your calls as well. And talking to you about anything that's on your mind. So I'll be back here with you again, as always, next Saturday. Um, One more thing I would ask you, a couple other things actually, uh, real quick, I would ask you to do. Um, If you want to stay in touch with everything that's going on on Fan Junkies Radio, if you want to stay in touch with what's going on with Five Minutes at the Frat House, or with Frat House Sports, what's uh, some of the things that are that we've got appearing or uh, premiering over on FratHouseSports.net? Well, the easiest way to do that is to jump over to our Facebook page, which is Frat House Sports, and give us a like. Now, to do that, when you're doing that and you're searching for Frat House Sports, make sure that you're leaving spaces between the words. All right, Frat House Sports, leave spaces in between each, and you will find our page. Give it a like. And then you're going to be in touch with everything. You'll get notified about all the things that uh, is happening right here, all the things that are happening right here on Fan Chunkies Radio, whether it's Sports Blogger Radio or Frat House Saturday or Wrestle Chat, and all the things that are happening over on FanJunkies.net and all the things that are happening over on uh, FratHouseSports.net as well. So Frat House Sports, leave faces in between over on Facebook. Find it. Give us a like. Appreciate that. Get your friends and family to do as well, please. Um Last but not least, let me throw a shout-out to our good buddies, uh, Jim and Carl, over at CLW83.com. They have some great, terrific, original podcast programming going on over there. Original stuff, stuff you'll not hear anywhere else. you got to get over and check all of their uh, programming and broadcasting out over there. In addition to all of their original broadcasting, uh, Jim and Carl rebroadcast all of our fan junkies programs that appear right here on this network, including... Jonathan's and my Monday, Wednesday, Friday program, uh, the Tuesday Wrestle Chat program, the Thursday Sports Blogger program, and of course this Frat House Saturday program. So, Jim and Carl, thank you very, very much. We appreciate all of your help. All right. Okay, that's our program for this Frat House Saturday. You can bet I will be back here with you again next week, as I always am, bringing you uh, next week's, in hard to believe, five minutes of the Frat House number 91. I want to extend to you all a, a very, very peaceful, uh, relaxing Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy your time off, uh, however you're planning on doing it with your friends, family, whatever, barbecues. Have a good time with it, all right? Um, catch us. Jonathan and I will be on on Monday, despite the fact it's a holiday. We will be right back here with you with our regular Fan Junkies radio program at 12 noon Eastern time. And everybody will be off, so there's no excuse not to at least put your computer on and give us a listen, even while you're doing something else. Just turn the volume up and give us a listen. All right? All right, listen. In the meantime, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing for me, and I think you know what that is. You need to keep us real, you need to keep us live, and you need to keep us going, and I'll see you next week for another Frat House Saturday. Take care. Maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston, and you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking.